This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Affordable housing is coming to North Lawndale in the form of an apartment complex known as Grace Manor. Now, it's a 65-unit mixed-income housing development on Ogden Avenue, and 19 units will be subsidized by the Chicago Housing Authority. The development was part of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's signature Invest Southwest initiative, but Grace Manor was actually spearheaded by a local pastor. That's Reverend Marvin Hunter of Grace Memorial Baptist Church in North Lawndale. Now, he spent the past 25 years fighting for more housing in his neighborhood. He joins us now in studio to talk all about that journey. Welcome, Reverend. Thank you, Miss Sasha. Good to see you. Thank you the WBEZ listeners for this great platform. And I'm a listener, by the way. Oh, well, thank you very much. We appreciate that. Uh, Talk to us about Grace Manor. Give us highlights, first of all, of what it will include. Grace Manor is uh, a very unique and exciting project, uh, especially in the area of civil rights, believe it or not. Uh, How so? Because Grace Manor is probably one of the only projects, and I've been researching trying to debunk my theory that has actually met every point of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And one of the great components of that act is that if a project in the country uses one dollar of federal money, it should have 50 percent of its workforce to come from the community that it's affect that it's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be able to have a mentor-menteeship uh, attached to it where the people of that community can reproduce it once the developer has gone and the people in the community should benefit from the project. Grace Manor has done that. It has more uh, minority participation than any other project probably in the city of Chicago and I'm very proud of that. Yeah, talk more about that. The The effect that you are hoping that this will have on North Lawndale and the people who call it home? Well, I, uh, it has already started uh, making a monumental change in terms of uh, dollars and cents because just in the fact that we have the minority participation, uh, we hosted a community outreach meeting uh, probably a year ago mm-hmm. where we had 45 uh Contractors come in, African-American and so on. They were MBE, Section 3 uh, certified people, women-owned businesses. And after vetting them, we were able to uh, put at least seven of the 45 people on, and they are now working on this project. And those companies are companies that are directly connected to uh, North Lawndale, and they meet MBE and Section 3 certification uh, requirements. And and that was intentional on my part. Yeah. So you have been at this, as I mentioned, for a quarter of a century. That's a long time. So I know for a fact, Reverend, there had to be some bumps along the way, right? Uh, But if you could sum it up for us, just tell us, how you actually ended up seeing Grace Manor come to fruition? Well, uh, my mission, I'm a pastor. I pastored in this community for 36 years. Mm -hmm. And the mission of my church is food, housing, and education. No one goes hungry. No one goes uneducated. No one goes unhoused within four square blocks around my church. And when I first believed, God gave me that, and I began to believe it, I went to uh, then county board president, uh, Bobby Steele, And I began to talk to her about hosting a meeting so that we could convince other pastors to do the same. Because I believe that if we could get each pastor in this community to do it, then we would impact it and fast track the community in terms of redevelopment. uh, Were they receptive to that idea? 
at that time in that climate, yes. But the problem was I didn't understand the political climate. I didn't really know what the machine was. Mm -hmm. And what I then learned was the machine consists, it was like five spokes to a wheel. Uh, and I learned this from Reverend James Bevels, who actually came and told it to me. <laughs> Five spokes to a wheel. Yeah. It's preachers, politicians, gang chiefs, social service, uh, uh, social service workers, and educators. Mm. It took all. It takes all of that to make up machine politics. And I didn't understand that at the time. So once I figured it out, I figured out where the barriers were coming in. That each one of them had all their own individual uh, idea as to why they would make the wheel go forward. And they all had to agree mm-hmm. because I was not a part of the machine. Uh, I was working outside of the uh, natural flow of the machine. Yeah. And I believe that's where the barriers began to come in. At. And of course, over 25 years, you're working with several administrations. Absolutely. Yeah. Several mayors, several aldermen. Uh, I mean, uh, two or three aldermen have died. Uh, uh, two or three have went to jail, <laughs> you know, and so... Finally, we get to the point where uh, the stars align. Yeah. And sometimes God does things that we just don't understand. And I know it has to be divine. I know it has to be God because never in my wildest imagination could I have ever believed that uh, Chicago was prepared and ready to elect a woman for mayor and let alone a LGBTQ woman. You're talking about Lori Lightfoot. Lori Lightfoot. And I just didn't think that this city or the country was at that point. But it was a bold move, and it happened. And she got in there, and for the first three years of her administration, she never spoke with me, never paid any interest to Grace Manor or anything that I was doing. But I continued to work and try to get it to no avail, Mm -hmm. you know, through. Uh, All of a sudden, in the last year of her administration and the last half of it she see the light the light bulb to attach this to invest southwest to attach it to invest southwest so this project was initially at uh 1300 block of south kidville which was the site of my first development that i did in 2005 mm-hmm. uh, which was the new homes for chicago program under mayor richard daly uh the son and so when we uh uh, we were there, they came to me and they said, hey, look, we'll help you with this, but the caveat is you have to move it to Invest Southwest. I jumped, I screamed, I was going crazy. I'm like, nah, you're not doing that because I was like a mother I was bo- or a father, you know, that had bought this child and was really putting this in there. And I had this whole idea of how it would impact and change this area that I was pastoring. Didn't realize God was trying to expand my bandwidth at the time. So they convinced me to do it. I did it and moved it to Ogden Avenue. Mm, okay. okay. I'm I'm dealing with, on Kedville, 65 parcels of land. Right. I get to, to Ogden Avenue. I get this little bitty small parking lot, which is part of the Chicago Police Department's parking lot, 10th District. Small footprint. But and once they did it and convinced me, I said, okay, some victory is better than none at all. Yeah. And so we, we, we accepted, we, and, and she fast-tracked it. This lady brought in every city service that she could possibly do to fast-track this and make this a reality. Make this what we're seeing now. Well, I mean, I want to go back to what you said at the start, right? Your inspiration being not wanting to see hunger or a lack of housing in those four blocks around your church. Talk more about the impact that 
it had on you personally, Reverend, to see your parishioners and your neighbors struggling with what seems so basic, like food and shelter? I'm so happy you asked that question. I've been waiting for somebody to ask me that. In Chicago, traditionally, our pastors that are the most influential when I came up as a young man were men that were not from here. They were from somewhere else, Mississippi, Arkansas, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And those were the guys that were able to get things done and, and this, that, and the other. I was from here and not inside of that circle at that point in time. The people that I pastored were my family members. They were the children of, of people that I went to school with. They were the people that I went to school with. Mm -hmm. I knew these people and loved them and had a relationship with them. So I had a genuine desire to see them prosper and be in good health. And that just was not matriculating down to the people in that way. I am kin to, large, to three of the largest families in Lawndale. Yeah, I'm the eight. I'm the 18th child out of 21 children. Oh wow! And I probably have three, maybe 400 nieces, nephews, great nieces and nephews, uh, and great great nieces and nephews, and great nieces and great 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 nieces and nephews in wow. Lawndale. And so, every three or four people you touch has Hunter blood in it. Maybe not yeah. the same last so night. So you've got a deep connection with absolutely Lawndale. And I, in my prayer to God, when I when I accepted my call into ministry, was that He would help me save my people. Uh, when I started going to church, nobody went to church in my family but just me and one auntie out of this whole family. And then God changed it. Now everybody in my family is connected to church. They don't all go to my church, right? but they all are connected to God. And what's keeping you motivated to, to do this? The fact that God has kept his promise. He helped me to save my people. When I say save, save in the way of getting them to a heightened awareness of a Christian Judeo understanding of who he is and, and to try and live a life. Not perfect people, but perfect for God and perfect for me as a family. Yeah. I want to go back to something else you mentioned earlier, and you, you talked about this uh, this will to make sure that the jobs that were created from from building houses, that they're that those jobs are taken by North Lawndale residents, right? Yes. Like for us, by us. Yes. Tell us more about how you accomplished that and, and why that was so important. Uh the first question, how, why, uh, how did I accomplish it? I accomplished it by kicking, screaming, and being willing to compromise. Not backing down. Not backing down. Being willing to compromise profit. Profit. Okay? Because I've learned that in development, if they'd rather pay one person than to follow the Civil Rights Act of 64 and help a group of people. And then realize and, and having a heightened awareness of who I am in America as a person. I realized long ago, coming from North Lawndale, because our community really puts this in our head, I'm a 60s baby. So I lived in this community all my life. My family came to Lawndale in 1955. I've never lived and worked and pastored anywhere else but Lawndale. In fact, uh, in 1966, when King came to Lawndale, I was born. In Lawndale, mm. same time he came. We, I live right down the street. I lived at, uh, well, I started out at 3600 on uh, Arlington and then moved to 1522 South St. Louis. Yeah. King Kit lived right on the corner of six, of uh, 15th and uh, Hamlet. So we were just in the neighborhood. Uh, and what I realized was that this community was full of 
a protective class of people. We are 14th Amendment citizens. And the Civil Rights Act is, was such an amazing piece of legislation to help us mm -hmm. because what Lincoln really did when he gave us the 14th Amendment was he didn't free us to freedom. He freed us to poverty because these were people that for years could not, seven generations, it was against the law for them to learn how to read. Yeah. It was against the law for them to learn how to write. It was it, the, every law that was designed was designed to make sure that they could never prosper and take advantage of the American dream. I came from a, a society, a group of people who taught us to love America, not hate America, and not be bitter about being born and being black and being native in America, but to find ways to take the idea of yeah. what America is about, which is the Constitution of the United States of America, and make it work and have our inclusiveness in it. Don't destroy it and tie it up. So that's your why. Right? That's my why. That's your why. You've got dozens of vacant lots that you are hoping to turn into multifamily units. Thousands. Three, there are 3,000 vacant lots in Lawndale. What's next for those projects? Uh, the next is we want to work on 110 units, uh -huh. uh, which is an, a historical 18-unit building at the corner of 16th and, uh, uh, what is that, Kildare, I believe, that street. And that's an 18-unit building that we want to turn into veteran housing, and we want to put uh, uh, kind of a mid-level, high-end uh, retail there. So we'll have, you know, cigar shops and, you know, and, and uh, 7-Eleven, you know, that kind. Because we need to have an anchor so that we could draw other commerce yeah. in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and we want, we're actually petitioning to see if we can actually get a Veterans Administration office there. Because in the whole West Side, there is no Veteran Administration office unless you go to the Jesse, I think it's Walter Brown or Jesse Brown place over there. Yeah, Jesse Brown. Jesse Brown place. So we want to bring that there. Our community has lots of veterans there that are suffering from mental illness, suffering from homelessness, suffering from PTSD, and they're just walking aimlessly through the community, and they have nowhere where they can just push their buggy or walk into a place and get the love and, and the support that they need. So in the minute or so that we have left, Reverend, I mean, leave us with this, because when I, I think beyond North Lawndale, we've got more than 200,000 families on CHA's waiting list mm. right now. We've got tens of thousands of migrants coming here to the city of Chicago. Mm -hmm. All of these people need a place to live. So I want you to just leave us with a word of hope and encouragement. My family is indigenous to this country. My grandmother was a full-blooded Choctaw. On my dad's side, my grandfather was a uh, full-blooded Cherokee Indian on my mama's side. But the truth of the matter is everybody that else that has come to this country are immigrants in one way or another. That's what this country is. But it's like from Africa, that with the African blood that is in me, they have a saying that you can eat an elephant and one man can do it. But how does he do it? He do it one bite at a time. So the bite that I've chosen to take is to create housing because housing is a human right mm -hmm. for people of the community of Lawndale hoping that it will become a model that we could take across the length and breadth of this city and ultimately this country. This mayor at the groundbreaking that we had on December 11th had did the most amazing thing that any politician could ever do, and it was courageous. He created an executive order 
Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson, an executive order that will fast track development. The reason that we really don't have development in our community was because there are these uh, uh, ordinances, not not laws, that have been put in play by powers that be that hamper and stop the flow of development. And it wards off potential developers that would come and create housing stock. So now it sounds like less red tape. If the red tape is gone, we have development. It was red tape being moved by Mayor Brandon Johnson right. that made Grace Manor a reality. No Brandon Johnson, no red tape being moved, no Grace Manor happening. That's Reverend Marvin Hunter of Grace Memorial Baptist Church in North Lawndale. Thank you so much. Thank you.